Father, in the name of Jesus, we receive illumination by your Spirit. We ask that you open our eyes to see wondrous things from your word, that you give us the spirit of wisdom in the revelation of Christ, that the eyes of our understanding are enlightened. We see clearly Jesus alone is glorified, for in Jesus' name we have prayed, amen and amen. Glory to God. Mm. Today is the third, third part, the third installment in our conversation on Bible meditation in part one, we laid the bricks that it is true that the adulterated imitation, the copycat corrupted version has been largely popularized today, but that doesn't change the fact that there is an invitation, a beckoning for the believer who will experience good success. Joshua 1.8, who will experience all round flourishing and fruitfulness. Psalms 1 verse 1 to verse 3, that this thing called meditating on God's word using our doctor's prescription, which is day and night, has the potential to produce remarkable results in the life of the believer. And while many claim not to be seeing results, the truth is that they are not taking the doctor's prescription or they are not taking it as prescribed. So in that first part, we began to lay the bricks that it is for you. And there are principles that govern how you engage with God's word in stillness, in quietness, in returning, in confidence. All right, we, we settled all of that in part one. I want to encourage you, do not assume that you heard everything. It is good discipline and good practice to systematically revisit God's word. In part two, we unveiled it in three layers or three levels, or in three steps, we used the three M's and we used the three P's to muse. And we talked about the power of a song, music. All right. You know, I just thought that was obvious, but we didn't really emphasize that even the root for music is from the art of musing. All right, I, I know some people will know Greek mythology are saying, you know, P.D., why don't you say the... <laughs> Let, let's leave that. All right, music as a tool. Remember our mobile police um, allegory that we used last week. We went to the next one, which is to mutter. And we were able to go into God's words to say this is not the vain babbling. This is not the vain repetition of the Eden of the Gentiles, hoping that that is how they would see their own answer. We talked about the place of feasting on it, coasting on it, and we said what the objective is. This is a quick recap, all right, that for musing, all right, out there in the adulterated version, the goal is to empty your mind. However, for the believer in Christ who is filled with God's spirit, the goal is to fill your mind with God's thoughts and to attain that stillness there with your mind fully, 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 on God's thoughts, and we talked about the role of spiritual songs. For the maturing, we said the goal is to begin to have that picture building, and that is where the work is done. That is where the work is done. And the layer number three, which is where you now begin to make bold proclamations. I've not been talking about the peace, the silent pondering, the prayerful pondering, and then the Proclamation that is loud and that is bold. Somebody say glory to God. 
Mm. So, our anchor scripture, Psalms chapter 46, I read verse 10 and verse 11. Psalms, I can see you, please settle down, we're diving into it. Psalms chapter 46, verse 10 and verse 11. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. God's glory, God's exaltation, God's cred, permit me to use that, is inched on his children discovering stillness and knowing the fullness of their inheritance in Christ Jesus. Your refusal to do this, there is, there is missed glory. It says in verse 11, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Mm. So I believe it's fresh on your heart. Musing, muttering. The third M, to moan loudly and to begin to bring confidence. Or the P's, you ponder silently with the power of music. You prayerfully ponder. There is a quickened word for you. And we talked about how, you remember this from the last, last series, that effective praying is powered by revelation. And getting revelation is powered by regular praying. And the last P is to proclaim, to proclaim. Now we want to, to, to explore proclamation a bit because that is what a lot of people have been doing. And if we're being very sincere with ourselves, not many have seen results with their proclamations. PD, is there a difference between my confession and my declaration? I am, I've, I've found it in God's word. For, for, for example, I found it in God's word that God is able to make all grace to abound towards me. That I, at all times, in all ways, will have all sufficiency to abound to every good work. So, I, 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 I have found that word. Now, I am making an assumption that I found the word. Not that I saw it or read it. I found it. It means that there was a seeking involved and there was a commitment of God's spirit that this is my word concerning this matter. Hear me, child of God. True Bible faith begins with God's commitment to his word concerning the situation. And that is why you and I must trust the author of scriptures to always show you that, that, that Solomon calls it, he, he calls it life to those who find them. And if I was to title this evening's conversation, I will call it those that wait. You begin to see scriptures using certain terminologies suggesting to you that there is something about this way of lasting victory. Hear me? There are other ways and there are other per perceived shortcuts. And I'm going to tell you, boy, glory to Jesus. Uh, there is something about this. This long, this, this victorious highway, as we are going to see in Isaiah chapter 40 very soon. There is something about it that many choose not to go that route. They want the quick fixes. And they see results with the quick fixes. And they believe that this thing, this, <laughs> this pastor is teaching is when you want to start. And God knows and made provision for the day of quick fixes. He knows that there are times when you've, 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 for lack of a better word, you've messed everything up. 
That is not the time you are now saying, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Then you need urgent intervention. And God, out of his love, makes that possible. However, the road to lasting victory is all we are talking about today. If you want to, by choice, stay in the quick fix school of the Spirit. My instruction to you will be the words of the Spirit. Come up higher. Come up higher. Come up higher. There's more. Come up higher. There's a place of lasting victory. Lasting victory. Boy, and I believe I am speaking to those people in the mighty name of Jesus, an army of real champions, champions in all the mountains, champions in all facets of life. In the name of Jesus, So what's up with this? I am declaring it and nothing is happening. Boy, there, there are so many ways to unveil this, but let's just stay. Let's stay so that we're not here till midnight. <laughs> Glory to God. If you want to enjoy today's teaching, um, I want all of us to please decide that we will revisit today. Between this first listen and your second listen, find a nice undistracting environment, you read Psalms 19 and you read Isaiah chapter 40 and then you come back and listen again. We're going to touch but we're not going to read the whole thing. We're going to touch portions of, of scriptures from there. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40 and we pick it from verse 1. Really our, our, our guiding anchor Light is from verse 31. A scripture, I believe you know, those that wait upon the Lord, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. But what led into this conversation about waiting? And why will God be sending a word to a generation that knows many and everything apart from waiting? Is, someone is really asking, PD, is there a faster version of this thing you are teaching? Is there a quicker way? <laughs> Is there a microwave edition of this thing? Because this slow eats, <laughs> this slow eats thing you are describing. So, the prophecy announces from verse one, it says comfort. Yes, comfort my people. In scripture, um, repetition is not used just because it's fancy or because they have a word count. You know, write an essay of 2,000 words. <laughs> so it says comfort, comfort. No, the whole idea is that when you begin to see this kind of things, it means this is the heart of God. It is established in the heaven. It is established in the earth. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, says your God. It says in verse 2, speak comfort to Jerusalem, talking about the people of covenant. Cry out to her, just in case she's sleeping, just in case she, she, she's doubting, just in case she has questions. Make it loud, make it unmistakable, ensure that the blast of this trumpet is purely discernible so that the one who needs to prepare can prepare. Make it very clear. Cry out to her that an end has come to our warfare. Our days of struggling are over. Our days of wallowing in disease are over. Our days of being embarrassed and put to shame 
by poverty are over. He says, Our iniquity is pardoned. Tell her now to put off that garment of shame and gladly, beautifully wear the garment of righteousness. He says, For she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Mm -hmm. So, that's the vision statement. <laughs> the mission statement is, how? So he says, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Does the word wilderness ring a bell from Sunday? Remember our teaching from last month. We had quotes. And remember the last quotes, if I remember clearly. That every prophetic word is birthed out of his own. That really is eternity. And even though it might point to a specific moment in time, really the life force of that word is in eternity. Because the, the, this, this same prophecy, Isaiah 40 and verse 3, was reenacted and brought to life in the moment of time through the life of John, the baptizer. But I'm, I am telling you now, if you would open your heart, you will see the, the light here beyond John. John has come, John has gone. You and I are here. And there is a there is an expectation upon you and I, upon our lives. It says, prepare, please, we are getting into it now. This is, this is how, the, this is now the architecture of the road of victory. Prepare the way of the Lord. It says, make it straight. That road must be straight. That preparation process takes place in the wilderness. That road must be straight. It is a highway for our God. Our God will not travel unbended, unpaved, and I'm speaking metaphorically now. He's saying that he will insist on his way. What you want to see is his glory. Boy, I'm jumping a bit now. He says that in verse 5, please allow me to jump. The goal is that the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. He says, but what will unlock the revelation of his glory is that you and I will do the preparation. It won't come packed, prepacked. Just throw it into the microwave and then it pops, pops, pops. And then you bring it out and you just go, <laughs> no. It says you will prepare. It says part of what this architectural, remember, we are talking about the building of a mighty edifice. And you will begin to see that as, as, as far as this is really about your life, as, 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 as far as it is about your life as a grand entity, you now begin to take this, you know, victory by victory. You secure your health. You secure the health of your soul. You secure the health of your body. You secure your finances. You secure your impact across generations. You begin to go layer by layer and you found the highway there. And see, this is what many have found and they speak with dangerous confidence that sounds to many as arrogance because they are telling you the highway has been prepared. This is, not, this is not guesswork. This is not maybe God will or maybe God parrot. There is no, see, on this lane, there is no paradventure. There is no perhaps. There is the quick fix lane. It says, but on this lane, if you and I will do the work, if we will make the investment, if we will return, remember, in quietness, if we will come in rest, this is where your salvation is. This is where your deliverance is. Hmm. It says every valley will be exalted. 
Every mountain will be brought low. The crooked places will be made straight. The rough places, the rough edges, the gray areas, the doubts, the will it happen, will it not happen? How do I explain this other person who is more spiritual than me? Had the same expectation. They said they prayed. They said they fasted. I'm just literally learning how to pray. I'm just learning how to fast. I literally just learned how to obtain revelation knowledge. Is there hope for me? He's saying all those rough edges have been fine-tuned by preparing this highway for our God. He says, then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. All flesh shall see it together. Uh, does this sound like Psalms 46 to you? That if you and I will be still and know, you will be exalted. God really, see, God wants to stunt Jesus said, men will see your good works. They might not see you praying. They might not see you fasting. But they will see your good works. They might not see you sowing seeds. They won't see your tears. They won't see when you're awake. They won't see when you're standing and insisting on God's word. They're muttering, building confidence. They, they won't see it. But there's the part that they will see. When the glory is revealed, all flesh will see it. It says, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So, we've seen the vision statement. <laughs> We've seen the mission statement. Is now what is the nitty gritty of the operations, the the day to day activities? How will we? Who doesn't want this this life of victory? And let me just chip this in here. The longest way in the journey of destiny is to take shortcuts. You've probably heard that before in another version. Someone might need to write it down. Because I've seen people start this journey of, you know, co collecting jewels, revelation, staying on God's word. Then they get weary. The, the rough places were not yet smooth. The crooked places, some, some, somebody introduced them to a prophet. So they left, they left substance and went for wind. The crooked places were not yet straight. Boy, I'm telling you, this thing works. And your life will be proof that it works. In the mighty name of Jesus. It says in verse 6, a voice says, cry. I'm reading from the Amplified now. Don't be scared. I'm not reading all the way to verse 31. But even if I was, I really hope you are seeing this and you are seeing yourself in this. I have seen the secret for your victory in this. It says, a voice says, cry, prophesy. And I said, what shall I cry? This is the one of the reasons why proclamation is empty. <sighs> Precious Holy Spirit. Your confession is the seed version of the word. Your proclamation is the fruit version of the word. Your confession is the version the word is when you find it, when it comes alive to you, and when you begin to release it on your lips, and you begin to mutter it, what you mutter is your confession. What you proclaim is your declaration. Let me give another example. Imagine that your heart, all right, is a womb, is a, or, or, or using scriptural allegories now, is the soil that the word is planted. Remember, just from if we, if we were to go with with learning from how things happen in biology, the the male because I know we have a wide age audience, the male reproductive 
seed release is not released in one. It is released in millions. All right? It's just the way there are many verses and many chapters. However, there is one that becomes quickened. For you, in terms of revelation, now it may not be one, it may be two. Because some of you are carrying twins. <laughs> Someone will say, PD has brought this thing to midweek. Again. But please stay with us. All right? And, and the moment that thing f- comes and fertilization takes place, that is not yet the day of delivery. And that is where many people have the inability to wait. If a woman takes in today, there is nobody, there is no, in fact, un- unless they have highly sophisticated in- in- invasive scientific tests, I do not know of any test. I do not know. I might be wrong, knowledge is currently advancing daily, that can pick it on day one. The urine test, the blood test, the scans need time for some things to rise. Beta-HCG levels, you know, formation of the, the, let me not take you into embryology now. But many people mistake the day of fertilization, the day of quickening for the day of delivery and run out, you want to deliver a fetus. And then you meet with 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 a with a prophecy failure, as it were. And then it's now that God is not faithful. He's saying the the crooked places have not become straight. You've not been taught the way of victory. That when that quickening happens, that is now your invitation to now stay there, to stay there. Let me tell you, there is a time where even if you don't want to deliver this thing, this thing will deliver. Especially in a month like this, when God now begins to send prophetic midwives to release things. Apart from the fact that it is wind many have carried. And I pray for you again under the sound of my voice that we will stay on the course of lasting victory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we will not leave the road. We will not leave the route of dominion and start chasing after shadows. In the mighty name of Jesus, somebody say glory to God. So he says, proclaim, prophesy. And the prophet said, what shall I cry? What is my proclamation? What have I muttered? What has been quickened to me? Which word has come alive to me? What is it? He says, the voice answered, proclaim, all flesh is as frail as grass. And all that makes it attractive, it's kindness, goodwill, it's mercy. This is the amplified to expect all of those things. It says, the grass withers, the flower fades, all of these things. It jumps to verse 8. It says, but the word of our God will stand forever. He's saying, if you choose this way, and, and, and let me tell you, I've been around for a while. I've seen people who chose other routes because, hear me, they are legitimate other routes. There's the route of the emergency room. There's the route of the flow of the anointing. There's the route of the stirring of the waters. If you miss it, you've missed it. And there's the route of the one that stands forever. Whether it is morning or afternoon, whether it is Bethesda or Capernaum, whether it is Galilee or Mississauga, there is the path of whether it is Saturn or Mars, there is the path of faith, there is the lane of victory, there is the way of meditation and revelation knowledge. It doesn't matter where on the surface of the earth you are. All you need is two things for this promise to become visible. You need faith. I need patience. Give me time. 
You give me, you can't see what I carry yet. You give me time. I keep on there. I am holding fast to my confession. I am holding fast to my confession, muttering, insisting on God's word, making, making those confessions there. Until boom, the day star rises. Then you now know beyond the reasonable doubt. Now it's time to proclaim. Boy, I'm jumping the gun so much, which is why I said we need to revisit this evening. So this is what leads into waiting on God because if we just jump to those that wait on the Lord, it, it was important to, to build this pretext so that you can see what the waiting is about. Glory has to be revealed. Comfort is at stake both for you and for destinies connected to you. So can we jump to verse 31? And let's read in the Amplified together. It says, but those who wait. We use this scripture for fasting and by the grace of God in the month of June, globally as a family, all the KICC branches in all the nations where we currently are in the world, and there I say all our branches across the nation of Canada and across the continent of North America, all of us globally will be fasting. We call it waiting, but very people, very few wait while fasting. It says, but those who wait for the Lord, in parentheses, it says, who expect, who look for, and hope in him. These are the people who have settled it, that the way, my, 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 my boy, my chance, and I'm, I don't, that's not the word I want to use, but please permit me to use it. My chance at victory is inched on waiting on him. You go check the scriptures. Men that had supernatural encounters, they had a, a, an appointment with God. Just picture these things. He's God. And you keep them there. Day one, day two, day three, day four. Why? Why? Why is he not answering? It's like someone saying, I went to, to, to wait on the Lord and I fasted for for 21 days and on day 16 what is happening between day 1 and day 15 the crooked places are straightened unbelief is melting away a version of you is now beginning to believe that you can be debt free a version of you is now beginning to accept that you go to that same doctor's office and they will say congratulations we can't find it again you begin to accept it. A version of you, we're struggling to meet up with your responsibilities today. Very soon we'll own properties nationwide. A version of you is sponsoring the gospel. A version of you is now the one ministering to the sick, saying, get up in the name of Jesus. Talk, talking to demons, get out in the name of Jesus. But now you're still struggling with headache. But in that place, you begin to, to accept a version of me. That version of me, it says then, then eventually the Lord shows up. Is God. You go check it. Go check, go check Moses on the mountain. Go check Elijah's encounter. Go check Jesus in the wilderness. 40 good days. Go check Paul in the deserts of Arabia. Go check. There's a fine-tuning. And, and, and many times, for those of us who have this, <laughs> this, this other sources of information, what we call education, we, we need to be careful that we rate God's word above whatever education we can have. So that you're not prolonging your journey in the wilderness. Hmm. Selah. 
<laughs> Glory to God. It says, but, but those who wait for the Lord will expect, look for, and hope in him. They shall change, boy. That this is, this is very, it's when you just, in your King James, it says they will renew their strength. I love the way the Amplified renders it. It says that it is a renewal, but how that renewal happens is via an exchange. What happens in that place is that your own, remember, all flesh is frail. Your own weakness your own doubts, your own self-confidence, your own circumstances, all of those suddenly during this season are exchanged and you pick up a fresh audacity. You pick up a fresh strength. This is not just because you are young. The, pre the preceding verse it says it gives power to the weak and, and, and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak. So he's saying it, we've left the realm of normal now. We have entered into the lane of the supernatural. Now there is an exchange about to happen. That exchange happens for those who wait. Stillness and quietness. Since they will take up new strength and power. They will lift. Let me tell you, you are not wasting time, child of God. You are not wasting that, that speed you are looking for. This is the way to speed. For some of us, it just looks like you are taxing. You are taxing. You are taxing. You are taxing. The person driving you're saying, where are you now? Oh, we, we've left Toronto. You know, we, have a, we are now approaching, you know, wherever it is you're going to. Say, how about, have you taken off? No, we're still taxing. Why have, you not, why have you not taken off yet? There is about to be an exchange of strength. If I take flight with this strength, I might burn out me there. If I take flight with, with this strength, I might need an emergency landing or emergency refueling. It says, but if I can wait with the timetable of the Spirit, the plan is that there will be an exchange. Then I will mount up with wings close to God as eagles, boy. Mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. This is the lane of victory. This is the lane of dominion. This is the lane for you. This is the lane for me. And I pray for you even as I pray for myself. The grace to stay. The grace to be still. The grace to know. The grace to receive the word. The grace to allow the words to implant. The grace to hold fast to our confession. That grace rests on us. In the mighty name of Jesus. So, PD, this highway, how do we prepare it? This highway, how do we prepare it? Uh, thank you, precious Holy Spirit. God's word is rich. God's word is complete. The way to prepare it, hear me. This is, you know, if you were to, if you were to meet a gynecologist, and for, for a lot of our ladies who have gone through the, the process of pregnancy, you agree that not every month is the same. In fact, the first, there's a reason why they are grouped into trimesters. I want to show us from Scripture how the progression happens. And how you now know beyond a doubt that no, no, this one is settled for life. This one is settled for life. When you come out, you say, this one, we've cracked it. Forget it. Multiplication, we've cracked it. Carrying his glory, we've cracked it. Flowing in the anointing, we've cracked it. Busting forth left and right, we've cracked it. 
Divine prosperity, we've cracked it. Lending to nations, we've cracked it. Divine health, boy, <laughs> boy. What, was it not John G. Lake who was, who was approached? And he said, how is it that you can interact with this thing? He told them there are two laws. There is the law of life in Christ Jesus. And there is the law of death. He says, I found a superior law. When this germ, when these viruses or whatever organisms, when they interact and meet that law, they, they, either of two cells must die. Either of two. And I'm telling you, it is possible for you to come out of a place where you know this thing beyond a doubt. Uh, Psalms chapter 19, we glean our five pillars from the three verses. Psalms chapter 19. Psalms chapter 19. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Please, wherever you are, if you can, just pray in the language of the Spirit for 60 seconds. Pray in the language of the Spirit for 60 seconds. See, precious Holy Spirit, I don't want to miss this. Just pray, pray, pray right there. Pray. You might say it's brief. What difference will it make? Please, let's obey. Let's obey. Let's obey. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Glory be unto your name. Hmm. Psalms chapter 19, verse 7 to verse 9. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect restoring the whole person. I'm reading the Amplified. The King James says, converting the soul, if I'm right. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure and bright, Purity in scripture is, is, okay, we're not explaining yet. Pure and bright. Enlightening the eyes. Verse 9. The reverent fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. If, if I had a graph or a board, boy, I'm looking forward to the Bible town hall. I could, I could give you a scale of the journey from confession to proclamation and how convictions be, 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 are being built. Back to our development analogy, how organs are being formed. Our eyes come and they begin to see from just one cell. Hands come, feet begin to show up. Ability is possible. All coded in the seed of the word. So, number one, the work, settle this, the work the word wants to do in you is a perfect work. Somebody now is hearing this and you are remembering all over again the parable of the sower. The work the word wants to do in you and through you to your world. Remember that all flesh will see. There is glory at stake for him. So, he takes this very seriously. It is a perfect work. How do you know when a perfect work has been done? We'll answer that. The answer is there. Number two, the goal of the word, in addition to doing a perfect work, is he wants to bring assurance. He wants to melt off crooked places. All those curved, uh, am I know? He, he wants to make the highway straight for our God. The word brings assurance. This is a deep-seated conviction. A deep-seated conviction. Number three, we know 
these two milestones have been achieved when we now see the rightness of the precepts. How do you know that? There is the rejoicing in the heart. A rejoicing in the heart. Number four, purity and brightness. I was going to talk about purity. Purity in scriptures means it has been, <laughs> it has entered the furnace and it has come out. It says this word is tried and tried and tried over and over. Generations have come. It didn't fail the fathers. It's not you that it will fail. There is a purity. There is a consciousness to the infallibility of this word. There is a deep assurance that the integrity that backs this is superior to the integrity of any government. <laughs> and number five. It says the reverent fear of the Lord is clean. It's clean. It's clean. It will be interesting for you to note that the word used here, clean, is the same concept used in the old covenant for the, for, the, for the description of the kind of animals that were considered acceptable. The ones based on their hoofs and based on their um, digestive system, the ones that could chew the cord. Hmm. So what does all this mean? Let's break it down. Let's break it down. Number one, the word does its perfect work when you have been converted. When your whole soul has been restored. Many times, hear me now, many times there is a glaring situation staring you in the face. And you go to this place of waiting for some strange reason. It, it is rare. God knows us. It is rare for us to carry ourselves to the place of waiting, which is why some who have mastered the victory lane, they've scheduled these things. They don't wait for emergencies to trigger them. Of course, one of the benefits of those situational nudges is that you now have a topical approach to your interaction with God's word. So it might mean that the doctor said, this is the diagnosis, and then I have come here specifically looking for words as it pertains to my health and wholeness. All right, or things might have just been tough. I've, I've noticed some trends in the family. Nobody is just able to own anything. Nobody is able to own. I have siblings. Every time they've tried to buy things, they, they, they just can't own anything. We just keep on wallowing in debt. It's not like we're not good people. We love God. We pay our friends. There is a gap there. And then you come to prepare this highway. You want to settle this once and for all. There is that situation glaring at you on the outside. But when you come into this place, you allow the words to do a perfect work when you have been converted. When your mind concerning the situation, irrespective of the external circumstance, the word has produced in this place of waiting, in this place of confidence, in this place of stillness, the word has brought about something on your inside that assures you of victory on the outside. While you know that what is outside has not changed yet. It says converting the soul. Restoring the soul. Making you alive again. Making you see yourself living long again. Making you see yourself living a life of dominion again. Because of our time, we'll just go to scriptures and we'll take examples. And I pray that the spirit of God will take these words, make them become fireballs in your heart quicken you on every side and make you to be a validator that these things are true in the mighty name of jesus come on if you believe it say glory to god 
First Samuel chapter 30. First Samuel chapter 30 is a story I believe most of us know very much. David had just returned to Ziklag and everything was gone. Everyone was gone. If you were to interview him and you asked him, can you tell us one of the worst days of your life? He would say there, <laughs> there are a couple of them. But this, this one ranks very highly. To the extent that the people that I have raised, the people we've tasted victories together, the people we've tasted defeats together, people that have given their lives, people that I have given my, my life for, it says that it was so bad, we, and, I, and I need you to follow. Because sometimes the secret for your deliverance is in a place that you know, but you've not found it. There is light here for someone. This is a story I am sure you know, but let's stay with it. It says the word is perfect, restoring the soul, restoring the soul, bringing life back to the old person, even though the external circumstance has not changed yet. So let's go into God's word. Verse 4 of 1 Samuel chapter 30 says, Then David and the men with him lifted up their voices and they wept. It means they cried. And they cried and they cried. These were strong men. It says they cried until they had no more strength to weep. This was deep. You, you, you know the way your mind begins to play? They've taken my wife. My wives, in this case for David. Are they even alive? They've taken the children. Your mind begins to play games on you. You begin to picture all sorts of terrible things and it's causing deeper pain. It says they cried, strength left them. See, avoid this temptation of just reading the Bible as tales. Picture it. Relieve the moment again and see the pain, see the hopelessness, see the complete lack of, there was nothing, this was it. Let's jump to verse 8. And David inquired in between, in, in between verse 4 and verse 8, the men considered stoning David. They are saying, you know when he says they had no more strength? They, they were saying that if there's one more thing we will do with the last bit of calories we have, let's kill. What, what scriptures didn't say is that? Having killed David, I'm sure the next plan was to kill themselves. And I'm telling you, there is something about this thing that can restore even the most suicidal person. There's something that the word of God can do in you. Restoring the soul. Bringing meaning again. Bringing life again. Taking that weight away and it's a new you that wakes up tomorrow. Suddenly you have hopes, expectations and life again. Even though the circumstances outside have not changed. What happened in verse 8? David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue the strip? Shall I overtake them and the lord answered pursue for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all this was a word that david received having received this word based on his relationship with stillness and quietness he was able to accept that now my life has been restored. God told him you will recover all. That was the word he needed to know. My wife is not dead. My wife's... <laughs> boy. The, the, and, and I, I see... Be, begin to see yourself now. Somehow, you don't know what has changed on the outside, but you can be in the place of interacting with God's word and you just know it is not over yet. 
you, you just know it. It's not over yet. This is not the end. Every other person has signed out. Maybe some have even said goodbye to you. <laughs> this thing we've been speaking and waiting. We don't know how long. So see you. See you. All right. Some will not even say see you like this. They want to. They want to. They want to finish you. But David had received the perfect word, and he had that conviction that he will recover all. That was all he needed. So life was restored to him. Strength was restored to him. There is a big leadership lesson here. Let's just chip it in while we are here. He says, so David went. He and 600 men with him. Those men had no strength and no hope. They went on David's strength and David's hope that David had received from the place of the word. That's a big lesson for leaders, a big lesson for ministers, a big lesson for pastors, a big lesson for managers, a big lesson for CEOs. That in the face of utmost discouragement, the people will need to, to, to piggy bank off or to piggy off your own strength, your own revelation. They, in that, they can see or hear nothing in that moment. In fact, for, for some, it only lasted them a while. He said they got to the brook of Bessel that they, they had to leave some behind. But that strength of the leader was enough to bring them. David did not see a physical, physical guarantee of a change in circumstance, but there was something he had seen in the word that was able to restore life and restore strength he was able to convert to change his soul from one of it is over <laughs> imagine if those men were <laughs> were your rebels. i'm sure the hands will have been on their head and they will have been saying some things crying and weeping and i hold my hands wherever it is under the sound of my voice we might be reading about ziklag but this really sounds like where you are now you are tired of crying you are tired of crying and you are tired of crying and your soul has come to a place where you have agreed that there is no hope come on come on come on encourage yourself in the Lord and right now we speak over you that there will be a restoration of life in the name of Jesus you will wake up you will be able to believe again you'll be able to see the light again in the name of Jesus something that the word produces please do not run out if you run out you will run back with nothing for the men and you will be shocked how this story could have ended and now this destiny could have been truncated. Help me look to your neighbor, put it in the church. Just stay, stay, stay with the word. Stay with the word. Stay with the word. Stay with the word. One example, and then maybe we'll move a bit faster. Now we are number one. Can you, can you imagine that? And maybe we should not rush this. Maybe, okay, let's see. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 26. There is something that the word does, irrespective of the circumstance, it produces, it, it, it surges life into your soul and there is a quickening. It says in Matthew chapter 14 verse 26, that when the disciples saw him, remember now, this was after arguably one of the most phenomenal miracles in the ministry of Jesus. They had just seen under their very eyes, under their very noses, 5,000 men, excluding women and children with five loaves of bread and two, two fish, all right, and they had seen it. So they were in high spirits as far as testimonies were concerned. But there was something that life threw at them. Hear what happened to grown faith men. They saw Jesus walking on the sea. They were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they screamed out with fright. They were, they were, they were, they were shook to their, <laughs> to their bits. The storm was terrible. As if the storm is not enough. We're now seeing ghosts. 
It says, but instantly he spoke to them, saying, take courage. I am, boy. The word of God is beautiful. Take courage. I am. Take courage. I am. Take courage. I am. You, you know, this particular place where the prophet Elijah can identify with it. You've just seen a great miracle. You will believe that your faith should be strong, which is why true faith, true Bible faith is not built on miracles. True Bible faith is built on God's word. Peter said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the word. He walked on the life that that word produced. And he came toward Jesus. You know, I deliberately don't want to read after. We know, but he walked. He walked first. He walked first. The the, the eye had not been fully prepared. All right, but he walked first. He walked first. Boy, and I'm saying that there is grace released this evening for someone to begin to do the impossible. It started with you being frightened. It started with you being disillusioned. It started with you being completely confused. It started with you being completely disenfranchised. It started with you being hopeless. But it ends with you receiving the audacity to do the impossible. In the name of Jesus, boy, I hold my hands with yours. Everyone under the sound of my voice, you will not drown in the storms of life. But by the power in the word of God you will soar you will walk over it, you will fly over it you will come out victorious and our God alone will get the glory in the name of Jesus somebody say glory to God it's perfect converting the soul restoring the old person number two there is an assurance that makes the wise simple. The word of God, when you stay and you don't rush it, it will produce wisdom. This is very simple and practical because we've talked about our definition of wisdom recently. Wisdom is knowing what to do by the Spirit that brings glory to God. For those who didn't write it down in that previous series. John chapter 6, I read verse 5 and verse 6. John chapter 6, verse 5 and verse 6. This is John's account of the story we had interacted with in Matthew chapter 14. I'm reading from the Amplified. Jesus looked up then and seeing that a vast multitude was coming towards him. So he's not denying the fact. He's not calling, hear me now. He's not calling what is as though it is not. It is what is, is not. He's calling as though it is. I think I said that too fast. Let me slow down. Faith is not calling those things that are as though they be not. They are already. There is a way you, boy, boy, I am praying that somebody will see it. It is the one that is not that you are calling as though it is because this is what happens in the place of stillness. It actually is. And that is what is real. It is realer than the other one that is physically. He saw the multitude, but he was not intimidated. Why? Because there was wisdom at work in him. He said to Philip, where are we to buy bread? So that all these people made, he says in verse 6, but he said this to test him, for he well knew what he was going to do. Child of God, it is you that you are intimidated by the multitude. It is you that you are intimidated by the challenge. You are the one wondering, what will people say? You are the one asking, what if? I am telling you, your God knows what to do. 
And he's inviting you to this place of power. Saying, I want to show you the way out. I don't want to show you the back door. I want to show you the front door of victory. I want to show you the way out with, with dignity. I want to glorify my name with and through this situation. I want to brandish my glory through your life, through this same thing. And I pray for you that whatever confusion and cloudiness that the weight of the matter has brought into you, we speak peace over your heart in the name of Jesus. And we give permission to the spirit of wisdom to find full expression in you that by the Spirit, you will know what to do. And that outcome will glorify God. In the name of Jesus. Perfecting. Converting the soul. Making the simple wise. Number three, I love this. Rejoicing in the arts. This is when... You now know. This is when your I will now begins to change to I have. This one, you cannot form it. This is the one that is produced by the word in your spirit. Remember, all of this is we are building I way. The, the external circumstance has not changed yet. But there is already rejoicing in your heart. And when this rejoicing, hear me now, this is where the intel, the intelligence comes. When this rejoicing comes in your heart, please, child of God, find a place. <clears throat> I'm grateful to God that we can learn it now and we can know. Many of us didn't know this. When this rejoicing comes in your heart, please find a place, wherever it is. If it is in a church service, in the midst of the brethren, even perfect. But when that rejoicing comes in your heart, please find, the way I wrote it in my notes, find a place to ventilate. Find a place where you can shout it for the very first time in the past tense because now it has formed and you've seen it and you've touched it. It's only a matter of time for your physical reality to catch up. Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16. This, if we read this verse alone, you will think Jeremiah 15 was a lovey-dovey, oh God, you know, like Psalm 119, your word is this, your word is perfect, is a light, is a lamb, I'm just meditating on it, I treasure your commandments, I love your precepts. That, that was not the atmosphere in Jeremiah 15. In Jeremiah 15, Jeremiah was using some words that sounded like Job. It was, it was saying things about cursing the day he was born and wishing it did not exist. Wishing death upon himself. And I'm telling you that no matter how deep and rock bottom you read, the word of God is able to lift you up, boy. And as many were all that the influence, under the influence of that foul spirit of heaviness, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. We rebuke the old it has over your mind, whether it is based on realities, evidence, or lies. We rebuke it old over your life. In the name of Jesus, and I speak over your life, you will sing a new song. You will sing a new song. Even as the Lord changed the speech of Jeremiah, gave him fresh hope, the word brought joy to him. In the same way, you begin to find rejoicing again. In the name of Jesus, this is when you will look for a place where you can shout. This is where you lock yourself somewhere. And you shout, glory to God. I am. No more I am. I have. I will never be. You've seen it. If you, if you are taking someone else's proclamation as your own confession, boy, I don't want to go too 
too, <laughs> too scientific on us now. Maybe I should help you a bit. Let's, let's go to pharmacy school a bit. Let me help you. When you take a drug, every drug has what is called an active ingredient. Sometimes it's, it's, it's a metabolite of the version. How do I say this now? In the simplest form. When you take somebody else's proclamation and make it your own confession, you are dealing with the metabolite and not the drug. It will not produce. What produced it is where, which is why when we see people who have obtained the promise, we should follow after them, investigating their faith. What words did you believe? What, what landmarks, what highways did you prepare for the Lord? How were those crooked edges blunted out? Was it not in the same you? Look, you go study a lot of healing evangelists that the Lord used. Look, go, go study Papa Egan. He had a terminal condition. Go study John G. Lake. There was so much death in his family and, 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 and the way he was exposed to the anointing was because things were happening. Go study all these people. How come that you were able to go beyond this pain in your own physical life and see what God brought out of you? Your words were found, verse 16 of chapter 15, verse 16. Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16. Your words were found. Can you see that language again? Found. Those who find. It says, I ate them. And your words to me was the rejoicing of my heart. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart for i am called by your name glory to god i said glory to god hmm. second corinthians chapter 6 let's read verse 9 and verse 10 as we begin to round up this evening believe it or not believe it or not it says we are treated as unknown this is paul speaking we are ignored by the world and yet we are well known and recognized by god and by his people, as dying, yet we are alive, chastened by suffering, yet not killed. Verse 10, which is where we are really going. Grieved and mourning, yet we are always rejoicing. Always rejoicing because there's something the word produces in us. We are not, we are not, we are not creatures of emotions. We are not up to date down tomorrow. There is a place where the word gets you to. It produces rejoicing in your heart. I pray that you will give permission to the Spirit of God. To arrive at that place with you. In the mighty name of Jesus. That everything circumstantial. Everything ephemeral will lose its hold on you. It will lose its power on you. It will try it and it will see that it's not working again. It will try to flicker the conditions. Your joy will remain intact. In the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody say glory to God. I feel I should read Psalm 19 again. So that we do not lose what is going on. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the old person, converting the soul. We've looked at number one. Number two, it says it is sure, making wise the simple. Number three, the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing in the heart. Number four, the commandment of the Lord is pure and bright, enlightening the eyes. I think this one we can, we can even use 10 seconds here. Because our recent teaching on enlightenment and receiving revelation should still be fresh. But pay attention to that purity. It talks about a testing that was successfully passed. The word of God tried him. The word of God that you believe will be tested. 
And the word has the ability to excel excellently. But will you hold on? Will I hold on? That's what the Spirit of God is asking. Will you, will you wait? It's, it's those that wait. <laughs> will you wait? Or will you run off? Someone told you of a shortcut. <laughs> Not knowing that the, it is really the longest route. Because you still come back and discover. There is only one name. Hmm. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. So number four, purity and brightness. When the eyes are enlightened, this is when light begins to shine. And I think the best place we can go to is Psalms chapter 34. Remember, we've said this over and over again. Any psalm you are reading, start from the introduction. This was a psalm of David at a very unique period. If anything had gone wrong, in the instance after which this psalm was written, David would have become barbecue. It was already in enemy territory. And I don't know who under the sound of my voice feels like that. You are saying, PD, hmm, I wish I had this thing, but now I am inside it. This is the psalm for the person who is inside it. David had faked and faked and he had disguised and he was so short they would not recognize me here. And the king was about to issue his visa and approve refugee status when somebody said, is this not David? Ah, I'm sure David said, hey. If deliverance had not come, all the anointing, all the destiny, and someone under the sound of my voice, that's where you are. You're saying, I have no doubt that I carry grace and glory. I have no doubt that prophecies have gone ahead of me. Only that I am in this big mess. Pity, I am inside it. It's not, I am, I am already inside it. Boy, I introduce to you the God who is a mighty deliverer. The one whose mercy is far-reaching. He's saying, you, you carried yourself, that you brought yourself into that mess, but I will pull you out. Light came for David. He started acting like a madman. Akish said, get <laughs> Get this thing out. We already have our, our hospitals filled up. Get this thing out of here. When he saw, I'm sure David must have thought he was dreaming because he knew that under normal circumstances should have been his death. So, Psalms 34, I read and jump to verse 4. I sought, inquired of the Lord. I'm sure as he was doing all that man's behavior, this is personal belief. Praying the Spirit, seeing precious Holy Spirit, doing his madness. How shall I get out of here? He says, continue what you are doing. I will take you out. There's oil on your head. You will sit on your throne. Sometimes this is where now you begin to remind yourself of what God has told you. You can't, you can't end on that bed. You can't die on that bed. You will now begin to remind yourself. You begin to remind yourself. There's oil upon my head. There are prophecies. Upon my, there are riches that I'm running with. It does not end here. It, it, it looks like a big mess. Sincerely, there is really no way out. It says, I sought the Lord, I inquired of the Lord, and required of him of necessity. And on the authority of his word. You can see, we use a lot of amplifieds today. For you to see the fullness of the thoughts. And he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Boy, was I sure this was the end? Was I sure that this is it? My, the bankruptcy that have, it has finally come. This foolish decision I made, it has caught pity. This one, I deserve it. Child of God, child of God, get out of that guilt tripping. You might think you deserve it, but God's mercy can pull you out. It says they looked to him and were radiant. Their faces shall never blush for shame or be confused. 
If you read this verse 5, in the Passion Translation, it will, it will, it will, it will, it will. You'll be greatly encouraged. I pray for you, <laughs> no matter how bad it seems, no matter how impossible a way out seems, your God is the one who makes a way where there is no way. He himself is the way. And I can speak under the authority of his words that you are coming out. In the mighty name of, come on, come on, look straight, look straight, look straight now. I am speaking to you. It will not end in shame. It will not end in shame. On the day of your thanksgiving, the tears you will cry will be tears of joy only. In the mighty name of Jesus, we will not read your testimony over your dead body. You'll be alive to share it with your own mouth, your feet with your own dancing, your rejoicing intact that the Lord pulled me out. That will be your testimony. In the mighty name of Jesus. And finally, number five. This is when you know the, the highway. You know when they commission, they commission the highway. This is how you know the highway has been built. Verse nine. It says, the reverent fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. You know the highway has been built when all the offense, all the bitterness, all the vitriol, all the vendetta surrounding your pursuit of destiny, you now drop them so that you're able to travel faster with God. The same people that got you in the mess, you see them, this is not you doing it to them, you now actually love them. Genesis chapter 50, as we round up this evening, I trust that someone has been blessed. And when Joseph's brethren, this is verse 15, Genesis chapter 50. This is a story you know, but please let's pay attention again. Under this floodlight of, of illumination, let's look at these thoughts again. When Joseph's brethren or brothers saw that their father was dead. So this is not from the, oh, I for, I've forgiven you, come. His father had been around for years now. All right, for a while, stayed in Egypt and they, they, were, they had been there for a while. It says when they saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure aid us and will certainly requite us of all the evil which we did unto him. It means that when Joseph was saying, I'm forgiving you, move on. They could not move on. Get me, child of God. This is why you have to free yourself. That cage, that prison, that, 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 that poison is not for you. You release yourself. The reason why they were not even sure was because Joseph was busy fulfilling destiny. Maybe they used to play table tennis with Joseph. The, the guy is busy running an economy. They said he's not playing with us again. Paradventure. They don't know you've moved on. You've moved on. I pray for you, the Lord will change your circle. The, the rock that you belong to, it will set your feet high there. In the name of Jesus, the place of glory, the place of glory, the place of beauty that you rightfully belong, we set you on your flight right now that you will arrive there to rule and to reign to the glory of the Father. In the name of Jesus. So they sent a messenger to go and lie to Joseph, saying, your father commanded before he died. He says, say to Joseph, forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of your brothers and their sin. He says, for they did unto you evil. Now we pray thee, forgive the trespass. They are telling me to forgive. Guys, guys, I moved on. I'm, 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 I'm too busy here. There is no, you don't understand it. I, I have nothing against you anymore. It's no longer about you. 
I don't, I don't, I don't feel a need to have you updated. See if you are paying, if you feel, hear me now, you are not on the, on the, on the journey of destiny or you are not even moving fast enough. If you can hear everything that has been said about you, you should be moving so fast. You can't hear it. By the time you are hearing it, you've already changed levels deeply. You shouldn't even be hearing it. And if there's anyone around you who is constantly coming to feed information, this is what they say. Would they break it fast? You need, see, there's, there's flight ahead of you. You can't, you can't, you can't taxi that way with all these. He says his brethren went down before his face. So much drama. He said, behold, we are your servants. Joseph said, guys, no fear. I am not in the place of God. But as for you, you thought it as evil against me. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people. I was the one chosen. I, I know I went through the pain. I know I went through the hate. You, you, you are forgiven. Now I have, I have destiny ahead of me. I'm worrying about, about 11 men. <laughs> when, when I have families, I, I need to, 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 to come up with economic policies that will sustain multi-generations. You are telling me this <laughs> when we are already planning on, on how to spread around the con continent. This, no, there's no offense there. Oh, we are really sorry. We are, you see how the, we are begging, we are begging. There's destiny ahead of you. Come on, child of God, hear me. I says there is destiny ahead of you. And to prove it, many of us stop at verse 20. I want to round up with verse 21. Now, therefore, fear not, I will nourish you and your little ones. Be comforted then and he speak kindly unto them. He backed it up with actions. Prepare ye and I wait for the Lord. I trust that you've been blessed this evening. I want you to say, Father, I receive the grace to wait. The place of my strength, the place of my confidence, the place of my deliverance. I receive your grace to wait. I receive your grace to wait. I receive the grace to wait. I receive the grace to hold on to your words, to hold fast to my profession, to say the things that you are saying concerning me, to be in perfect agreement with your word, that every mountain will become plain, every valley will become lifted, every crooked path is made straight. It says that the glory of the Lord will be revealed, all flesh will see through my life, through my family, through the work, come on, I believe somebody's praying, through the works of my hands, I am the one that you have chosen, I am the one you have raised for your glory i will not fail you i will hold on to your word and in any way i began to consider shortcuts i receive restoration by your spirit thank you gracious father glory be unto your name for in jesus name we have prayed we can't round up a service like this without giving someone an opportunity to meet jesus whether it's your first time or you are rededicating your life, it is my pleasure to pray with you. This is the beginning. Hear me, God has a great plan for your life. It doesn't matter how much mess you think you've gotten yourself into and you think there is no way out. Hear me, child of God, there is a way out. You might be saying, my doctors have given up on me. The counselors have given up on me. The therapists say it's now beyond. That, that is their own human estimate. God has not given up on you and you are not beyond redemption. I want to pray with you this evening. Even as you experience the restoring power of his love. Let's say this together. It might be your first time or you might be rededicating your life. Let's say this together. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for taking my place in the grave. 
I believe you rose on the third day victoriously and I believe you are alive today. I ask that you come live in me. I ask that you live through me and that you give me the grace to live for you. Thank you for restoring me from the mess I have gotten myself into. I receive the grace going forward to live a life that will please you. Thank you because my name is now written in the Lamb's book of life. And by virtue of this miracle, a way out is made for me. I give you all the praise for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Very quickly, I want to pray with you. Father, thank you for your sons and your daughters making this decision this moment. Under the sound of my voice, I pray for a supply of your spirit, a multiplication of your grace, and I pray for miraculous restoration. Where men, where experts, I've told them there is no way. I decree right now a way is made out. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you because these lives will count for you. We give you all the praise for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Come on, if you can, you know you've been blessed this evening and for the salvations and the miracles, I want you to jam those ends together. Give the Lord a big shout! Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at K-I-C-C-Canada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you are a champion. God bless you.